Welcome to the Terrorist Therapist Show on Renegade Talk Radio with your host, Dr. Carroll. Though you may not realize that the ongoing threat of terrorism is affecting your life and that of your loved ones. Each week, Dr. Carroll analyzes the hottest topics in terror and helps you and your family reach your dreams despite living in a time of terror. We have met the enemy and he is us. Welcome to the Terrorist Therapist Show. I'm Dr. Carroll a psychiatrist, and your terrorist therapist. Now, are you scratching your head trying to figure out where that came from? We have met the enemy and he is us, and what do I mean anyway? Uh, that came from uh, the classic Pogo comic strip. I just love that, that line. Um, and I'm using it today to talk about how we are our own worst enemy, making ourselves more vulnerable to terrorists who are laughing at us if they are, <laughs> when they are, um, reading Google <laughs> uh, or having any other kind of exposure to the media in the West, well, in the U.S. in particular. And yes, they do get exposure to our media in various ways. Now, what do I mean by all this? Um, when when you wake up in the morning, when I wake up in the morning, perhaps you do the same thing. I think a lot of people do. I go to the internet, turn on my computer, I turn on Google, I put on Google News, and I find something that I want to rant about or, um, or give somebody kudos about or have some kind of an opinion and post it on Twitter and other social media. Uh, these days, the, what you see in the news, whether it's on Google News or television or radio, wherever you see, get your news primarily, uh, it is more hate-filled and contentious than ever. There are people, I mean, of course, politics, you know, I can't remember at a time when after an election, um, there is still this much political rage that is not dying down. If anything, it's getting worse. And um, there's also, of course, racism, also the Me Too uh, movement. I mean, there are people are being split, divided on in so many different ways. And there is such a strong expression of hate from people on both sides. So what is this doing to us? I mean, you know, I don't know about your friends on Facebook, but um, when the election happened, I found out, <laughs> I found out who my friends really were. I found out, well, they're all my friends. Um, well, some of them, <laughs> some of them I didn't know, and I just let them come on at the beginning. <laughs> but now they are my friends. Um, but Little did I know that, uh, how strongly some of them believed in different political issues. And so nowadays I have to be, I, I find myself, I put what I, how I feel about things in the news on Twitter um, and on LinkedIn, but I think twice, and, and I put things about terrorism on my uh, public terrorism page, uh, the terrorist therapist page. Um, but, but when it comes to regular Facebook, I think twice 
is this going to make some of my friends um, angry? And is it really worth it? Is it something I believe in that strongly and can um, explain it? Uh, not so much, I, I shy away from politics per se, but when there's some kind of news that I think is important for people to, to hear about, like for example, yesterday when um, uh, Netanyahu came out after they had discovered all these things that Iran was doing that was cheating, on the um, Iran deal, that they were in fact continuing to build uh, nuclear weapons. So that, you know, yes, that too now is politicized, apparently, uh, bringing out a lot of people, not, not, on, my, not on my friends, uh, not on my Facebook page, but, but in the news, apparently a lot of people, and I'll mention this a little later too, there's, um, but apparently there are a lot of people who are taking using this, uh, turning this into a political issue. I mean, is that crazy or what? Here we're talking about uh, nuclear weapons <laughs> that Iran um, could use on us, on the West, on the US, and there are some people um, who, are, who prefer to believe that that isn't true and um, are using this as a way to um, express their um, anti-Semitism, because you know, oh, this this is just something that Israel is is making up, right? <laughs> Israel's making it up. They're they're closer to uh, Iran's nuclear weapons than we are, and they're making it up. I mean, you know, they have an amazing um, an amazing uh, network of spies and. Um, uh, you know, people who go into spies, that sounds so bad, but you know what I mean? Uh, well, intelligence, there we go, an intelligence network. And they do get to know all of these things. And in fact, they feed a lot of information, not just about Iran, but in general around the world to the US. So um, they are not making this up. But now let me get into wh why I'm talking about this. Uh, there is a new study out today that shows Americans are a lonely lot and young people bear the heaviest burden. And that's what the, uh, what the study shows. So do you feel lonely? This study shows that you are not alone because it's an epidemic. And the younger you are, the more likely you will be to feel lonely because you were less likely to have been raised in simpler, friendlier times. And nowadays, there is so much divisiveness um, that we are all making ourselves sick. So let me tell you about this study. Um, first of all, you know, it, it discovered, and we all know this, that loneliness is more like a chronic ache. Um, you know, it's not something that like comes in, in, uh, in, 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 <laughs> discrete moments. I mean, we may be aware of it more times than other times, but it's really something that's a chronic ache. And this nationwide survey showed that nearly 50% of the people, and it was a study of 20,000 adults online, um, nearly 50% reported that they feel alone or left out always or sometimes. So that's, you know, at the, at the extreme end of the scale, one extreme. Um, you know, the, 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 the greater loneliness end. 54% said they always or sometimes feel that no one knows them well. 
56% reported they sometimes or always felt like the people around them are not necessarily with them. And two in five felt like they lack com companionship, their relationships aren't meaningful, and they're isolated from others. So the average loneliness score in America is 44, which suggests that most Americans are considered lonely. Now, what's significant about this? The fact that loneliness kills. It has psychological and physical consequences. Like for example, there's a higher risk of coronary heart disease and stroke if you're lonely. It influences our genes and our immune systems. It influences recovery from cancer like breast cancer. Uh, there's literally an increase in premature mortality from loneliness. And it predicts premature death, not just for the elderly, but even more so for younger people. And um, they found that uh, also working too little or too much is associated with loneliness. So the fact that there are so many haters, that this is separating us from each other and making us feel more lonely. Now, the study didn't connect it to what I'm talking about. Um, but I'm connecting it for you. Uh, I mean, that is the obvious thing that, um, that whether it's politics, racism, Me Too, you are going to find yourself, um, there are going to be people, if not your friends on Facebook, then people at your workplace or people who you just meet casually or whatever, who are going to have, you know, it pops up in conversation all of a sudden that, oh, someone who you thought agreed with you on something, um, in fact, has an opposite view, and that all of a sudden uh, brings a chill to the conversation. We are our own worst enemy. We each have uh, strong opinions about these different, stronger than ever, about things in the news, topics in the news, that are dividing us. Uh, the media and the internet is highlighting all of these different issues and making us more divided and thereby more lonely. And as I was saying, loneliness makes us more mentally and physically ill, paying less attention um, to terrorism like we should be doing. Uh, I talk about and I recommend uh, that everyone needs to look at terrorism like it is uh, a marathon or how we need to prepare for terrorism. The fact that terrorism is not going to be going away in our lifetime, we need to prepare for it like we're running a marathon, which means we need to do the things in our life to keep ourselves physically and mentally healthy, um, less stress and so on. And in fact, what's happening with these divisions and the increase in hate um, about things like politics and racism and Me Too and all kinds of things, um, is that is is make is putting more stress on us, distracting us from this idea of how we do need to prepare to keep ourselves healthy, um, living under this constant bombardment by the media. Well, it's not the media's fault. It's it's uh, the constant bombardment by terrorists. The constant plotting. Uh, that in fact isn't reported in the media as much or as long as it should be. So, um, so let me give you some examples of some of these issues. Just, just in today's news, I mean, it is, you know, <laughs> it's just so overwhelming. 
Um, of course, one of the main things that is dividing the country, if not the main thing, is feelings that people have one way or the other about President Trump. Now, um, you know, it's as if, it's, it's so interesting. I, by the way, um, I, in, case you, in case you haven't heard previous podcasts or haven't heard me talk in other media, um, I voted for Trump. And I think he is doing an amazing job, especially considering all the uh, people and plotting uh, on all sides against him. It is amazing that he has been able to do, you know, it, they have all these, these people and Democrats and various <laughs> groups are, are, have been doing whatever they can to stop him from getting um, things that he wanted and promised and so on. To happen, but um, but despite that, he has been you know working steadfastly to try to make his campaign promises come true, unlike many other politicians. Anyhow, um, one of the things that has been in the news that is uh, that is really uh, disturbing to me, and it should be to you, even if you didn't vote for Trump, is that there are things going on the, that are trying to detract. From, um, from him, distract him, detract from him. Uh, the number one thing in that regard is Stormy Daniels. Now, give me a break. Stormy Daniels, she, when, once she admitted on national television that the sex, if it existed, I mean, she said it existed, but I'm saying the, if it existed, that the sex was consensual. So get over it, lady. <laughs> if you had sex with Trump and if it was consensual, what do you want from us? You know, you want your 15 minutes of fame is what you want. And um, you have been trying to get it every which way. And in fact, do you know that Stormy Daniels is on a, a tour? Uh, it's a tour that is supposedly uh, she's supposedly doing to try to finance her lawsuits against Trump. So she's making money for her lawyer, who also is doing this for his 15 minutes of fame. Um, and she, just the other night, she was in a, so she's going to these different strip clubs um, and she is doing dances. I mean, this is, a, what do you think terrorists are thinking about this? I mean, they are laughing. They're just laughing at us. And of course, it goes into their rhetoric um, of how, uh, what's the word, how de depraved we are, right? Um, and, you know, it, 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 they probably use this as part of their, um, you know, they're trying to get more people to join them, their recruitment uh, efforts. That Just look at how, how debased the U.S. is. So Stormy Daniels is doing her dance in strip clubs, and she is doing all kinds of lawsuits. And her the lawsuit that she originally had, suing Trump and his attorney Cohn over the $130,000 hush money that Cohn admitted to pay her to keep quiet about the alleged affair. And she claims that the non-disclosure agreement that she signed is void because Trump who has still denied the relationship, um, never signed it. I mean, that is a pretty weak, um, 
you know, if, if she is found to be wrong on this, if she doesn't win this lawsuit, she is in deep trouble for all the uh, times that she has, in fact, uh, broken the non-disclosure agreement. And then, so since that was put on hold for 90 days, pending a federal criminal investigation into Cohn's business dealings, she and her lawyer came up with this new thing where she's suing Trump for defamation because this is in relation to her claims that she was accosted in a Las Vegas parking lot with her infant daughter by a man who told her, leave Trump alone, forget the story. And that's a beautiful little girl. It would be a shame if something happened to her mom. Now, if this happened, um, she's assuming that Trump had something to do with it. There could be, it could be somebody who voted for Trump or who, you know, liked Trump um, and was, took it on his own to, to say all this. So because Trump um, has uh, attacked the veracity of her account of this threatening incident, you know, that she's alleging that took place in 2011. She's saying that he defamed her by, by saying that, you know, it isn't true or that, or that at least he didn't have anything to do with it. You know, this is just another ploy to get herself in the media again, you know, some new way. Then we have Kathy Griffin, you, you remember her, uh, the one with the head, <laughs> the uh, decapitated head of Trump that she originally apologized for. Well, she was just on The View on ABC, and she seemed to forget that she was on morning television and she dropped the F-bomb countless times and cursed in other ways throughout her appearance. And uh, they kept cutting her mic, you know, to try to uh, stop these curses from going across into, you know, being broadcast. But um, they, you know, they weren't, she was doing it so many times it was hard to do. So she took back the apology and, um, you know, she said that the reason why she had apologized was because she originally thought about uh, people like the family of Daniel Pearl, who was decapitated in 2002 by terrorists. He was the Wall Street Journal writer, uh, murdered by terrorists. And she thought of his family and, you know, thought of how that would have upset him. Yeah, upset them. Yes, it would have. It would have also upset Baron Trump, um, the poor child seeing this, hearing about it. Um, and, of course, Melania and all the rest of the family. Um, but she doesn't care about them. She said, yeah, I take the apology back. Uh, F him and Don Jr. and Eric, or as I call them, Eddie Munster and date rape. I'm not holding back on this family. This president is different. And I have been through the mill. And so now I'm back on the road. I sold out Carnegie Hall in less than 24 hours. Now that's pretty scary. Um, so, so there we have it. Even though, you know, she, she had once apologized and that was a horrendous thing to do. I mean, with terrorists, decapitating people that is their trademark to go on television or to make she she did photographs that then got circulated um to do that which you know to essentially uh, uh celebrate the terrorist manner of killing the west people westerners um is disgusting and of course 
again, um, will divide people. And well, like it's sold out to Sue. It's sold out Carnegie Hall. Obviously, there are some people on her side or who at least think she's funny. I don't. We've been talking today about the line from the Pogo comic, we have met the enemy and he is us, and how our own uh, fighting amongst ourselves has um, ratcheted up more than a notch uh, over, particularly since the last election, last campaign actually, and how still in the media every day there are things making us, dividing us so strongly into different sides. This is, you know, it's the media, it's the internet. I mean, you can't, you can't even read just a normal sort of story that isn't really about something that should be, should divide us. Um, you know, some sort of benign story. And then you look at the comments. And, and so the story is fine. But then you look at the comments after it. And people turn the story, they get off the story. And they just take a little something from it. And they just they just go off on it. And and make some something that they can um, talk about that's divisive. They and they're just hateful, just hateful comments. Even um, when it's something about somebody who did a good thing or won an award or, you know, it, it's, it's just awful. So um, that is causing us to become more estranged from each other and more lonely. And as I said, this new study has found that Americans are having an epidemic of loneliness and making us sicker physically and psychologically. And that is making us more vulnerable to uh, paying attention to and surviving and uh, building ourselves up psychologically and physically. So I was talking about some of the examples of stories in the news that are dividing us. Here's another one. This is, this is wild. Um, rapper with ties to Snoop Dogg issues Crip Alert for Kanye West. So it's not just, um, it, 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 I mean, a Crip Alert, you know, the, the gang, the Crips. Um, there was a California rapper ordered local gang members to attack Kanye West over his support for President Donald Trump. Now, this is serious stuff because you don't fool around with, um, you know, uh, extolling gang members to um to attack somebody even kanye west they this that his name is daz dillinger never heard of him but he's a cousin of legendary rapper snoop dogg and apparently other enough people have heard of him um he issued this cripple lurk in an instagram video and he said yo national alert all the crips out there y'all f kanye up um, he better, he said, better not ever see you in concert, better not ever see you around California. By you, he means Kanye West. Um, stay in Calabasas. You hear me? Cause we got a crip alert for Kanye. All the crips out there, you see him bang on his ass, F his ass up. Now, <laughs> all because Kanye has um, aligned himself or said that he likes and showed, you know, been in pictures with um, President Trump. Oh, let's see. Then we have, then of course, another thing that's in the news is about, and this is of course something that's been going on 
forever, it seems, and, and no end in sight. Um, the latest news is there someone <laughs> leaked uh, the list of questions for President Trump from special counsel Robert Mueller. They, these questions that Robert Mueller plan, plans to ask Trump were leaked to the New York Times. You know, all these leaks, it's, it's, um, it's, just, it's just putting our nation in grave danger. And, and that was a point that I wanted to make. Um, I, I'm not sure if I, if I made it clear enough, but the thing about, um, about Stormy Daniels distracting Trump from important issues like the Iran deal coming up on May 12th, he has to decide whether we should get out of it. Of course, North Korea, the meeting is coming up. Then, of course, there are these questions from Mueller, um, you know, that, that this endless siege that he calls a witch hunt. And apparently some of these questions, uh, you know, th these leaks that really don't have to do with what the original uh, investigation was supposed to be about uh, are kind of proving that it is a witch hunt. But in any case, every time, you know, that, that something comes out about Mueller and his investigation, that sends everybody into a tizzy and sends people um, against each other, pits people against each other, depending upon which side you're on. So um, Trump tweeted about this, so disgraceful that the questions concerning the Russian witch hunt were leaked to the media. No questions on collusion. And that was what the whole thing was supposed to be about. Oh, I see. You have made a you oh I see you have a made-up phony crime collusion that never existed, and an investigation begun with illegally leaked classified information. Nice. Now you know the people who like Trump are gonna say, yeah, tell them like it is, and the people who don't like Trump are gonna be uh, you know, saying, I don't know, that that yes, there is. Um, even though there aren't any obvious questions about collusion, there are still these questions are important or whatever. You know, what, the point I'm making is that whatever side you're on, it is isolating you from people who are on the other side. Now, I was talking before about uh, Netanyahu and how he announced and he has proof. It's not just that he made this announcement, but he has proof. Um, lots of proof, lots of documents and so on, that Iran isn't complying with the nuclear deal. Um, but now we have um, the, the e European Union diplomatic chief, Federica Mogherini, who says Iran is complying with its nuclear commitments. Really, lady, how do you know? <laughs> She's saying that um, the only people to believe about this is the uh, International Atomic Energy Agency. And they need to uh, assess the Israeli claims that Tehran was in breach of its 2015 nuclear deal that was then, uh, you know, agreed to by Barack Obama. So, and she says the IEA, IAEA is the only impartial international organization that's in charge of monitoring. Well, um, and then and then, um, you know, well, obviously, I'm sure Netanyahu does not mind that they look into it as long as they're going to be um, unbiased about it. 
but I mean, you know, to not look at the fact that they may have discovered some things that are dangerous for us, um, weapons being, you know, headed towards us. Then, of course, you probably heard about the, um, the, uh, the Washington, um, the, uh, the, um, I don't even know what to call it, the, uh, the speech, in any case, that Michelle Wolf gave at the meeting in Washington and delivered a hateful, hate-filled rant. So some people are saying it's hate-filled and some people are saying, you know, that like, go, <laughs> go Michelle Wolf. So that's, that's another current thing that's on, that's on the, uh, head, in the headlines. Um, then of course we have the Parkland students and there are students on um, the side of David Hogg and his group and then who are um, for banning all guns. And then there's the side of Kyle Kashev, who um, is not for banning all guns. He has a more um, tempered, reasoned uh, view of what should be done. And it turns out there's a teacher at Parkland, um, you know, in the high school, Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School, who uh, apparently doesn't agree with Kyle and agrees with David Hogg. And in his class, this teacher, Greg Pittman, an American history teacher, has, uh, who is also, you know, who agrees with Hogg, he's an outspoken gun control advocate. Um, and he, in his class, talked, compared Kyle to Hitler. Can you, <laughs> this is how sick things have gotten. And Kyle has um, subsequently, and this has been documented by, there were, by obviously the kids in the class heard him say this, and now this teacher is being investigated. But Kyle has said, has tweeted, my grandfather was one of the only survivors of the Holocaust out of his entire family. And now a teacher is calling me the next Hitler because I have different political views. I think that's pretty much the epitome of um, what I am trying to explain here. There are also some crazy things like uh, a, a teen wore a dress to a prom um, that was a Chinese, beautiful Chinese dress. And she got, to she put posted pictures on social media and she was just got haters um, writing to her uh, talking about how she shouldn't be wearing a, a Chinese a designed dress uh, because that shows lack of appreciation for the Chinese. I mean, really? I would think the opposite. So she's had to try to fight this backlash. Um, she was a very attractive girl. She looked very, it was a very attractive dress. She looked great. She was not trying, she was certainly going to prom. You would not try to do something that would um, get people to be angry at you. She was trying to look pretty. That's what girls do, try to look their prettiest going to prom. Then another sort of ridiculous example is Logan Paul, who has recently announced he's not going to vlog every day because he got haters. Um, now, he did do something that was not appropriate. He put a picture of uh, while he was doing one of his vlogs, he accidentally came upon a person in the in a Japanese forest that did commit suicide and he, you know, inappropriately laughed and so on. It was because he was anxious, but whatever. So then we have people who, who uh, made a petition to get him off um, 
off, uh, his blog off. And indeed, they did um, put his blog to a lower level so that he couldn't have as many advertisers and so on. I mean, this, this goes, I mean, those two examples, prom and vlogging, this, there's no bounds to how, to the haters and to how we are going to be divided. So my message to you all is to think twice before you get into it with people, have whatever opinion you want, but um, try not to, uh, well, don't express it in hate in any case, and don't isolate uh, people from you and you from other people because loneliness is killing us. So thank you for listening to the Terrorist Therapist Show. I'm your terrorist therapist, Dr. Carol. If you would like to find out more about terrorism from me, your terrorist therapist, visit my website, terroristtherapist.com. And if you're a parent or teacher and want to build stronger nests for your kids to become more resilient, check out my new award-winning book, Lions and Tigers and Terrorists, Oh My, How to Protect Your Child in a Time of Terror. It's the first and only book about terrorism for kids. You can find it wherever books are sold or directly from the publisher at terrorismforkids.com. Terrorism, the number four, kids.com. I'm Dr. Carol, your terrorist therapist. Thank you for listening to the Terrorist Therapist Show on Renegade Talk Radio with your host, Dr. Carol. We hope listening to the show has made you feel calmer, more resilient, and more able to reach your dreams despite living in a time of terror. You can also check out past shows on Renegade Talk Archives for more insights.